What's up? What's up? Welcome to a bonus episode of the One Inch Barrier. I am your host, Juan Carlos Ohana. Okay, so I hope you're all staying safe and staying healthy and staying at home. And this is the final episode of the 2017 retrospective where we look at the films nominated for foreign language film interna- at the time, international feature film at the 90th Academy Awards 2017, alongside a fantastic woman. In a few weeks, we'll immediately start 2016. So be ready for like four more this season yeah so um this episode we're gonna talk about sweden's official submission for best foreign language film at the 90th academy awards that is the square co-edited written and directed by ruben uslund uh, for a quick summary it's about um it's about a curator um named christian a curator in an art museum in stockholm who is gearing up towards um, the promotion of a new art uh, work, but its um, promotion proved to be controversial. Meanwhile, um, he also um, forms a bit of a weird relationship with the journalist interviewing him. And also, his phone is stolen. Um, so many things happening. That is the square. I don't know how to summarize it. I am sorry. Um, yeah. My gosh. So our guest for this episode is from Germany. He was the guest on the episode discussing Roma and the films of 2018 for way back in season one. Um, time is fast. Um, he's a contributing writer and gold derby. I am so happy to have him back. Uh, please welcome Luca Gideberti. Hi, Luca. Thank you so much for coming back. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This, I can't believe it's been over a year, one and a half now. Yeah, of course. And, um, you know, I think I've been messaging you like, hey, I want you back. And just like, well, it depends on the film that we're going to be discussing. Like, And I've always been thinking like, will he like something from the 70s and the 60s? And it was like, <laughs> I started like doing the bonus episodes and then I went to 2017 like, Yeah, perfect film. I found the perfect film. Um, right. And also just um, thank you for, you know, the, the year in between. We've been good friends. So thank you. Of course, of course. And you saw Elizabeth Moss and you knew it would be the right fit. Yeah, it was just like it would be an insult to him if I don't invite him in this episode. So um, can you tell the listeners where can they find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at LucaLeonardo99. They can find all my work there. They can find a link to my Gold Derby profile there as well. And follow all the wild awards coverage uh, and uh, wild commentary on the awards races. Perfect. Um, yeah. 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 You know, I, I, it's, it's important, I think, to follow the right people because during award season, it goes from like, I love this film to your film is not worthy. And I'm like, you really oh, can yeah. get lost in a conversation. So um, you're one of the people just like, yeah, um, deep breath. 
not under replies in the DMs, deep breath. What is happening in the award season? Because um, the Emmys, recent Emmys, <laughs> and the oh, Oscars, yeah. especially, like there are a lot of like, okay, inhale, exhale. What are we gonna say? I don't know. I can't say this. Absolutely. Yeah, you gotta Just have, have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just have fun with it. That's the most important. Just have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. Don't take people's comments too seriously. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be the Oscars, the Oscar race of, uh, or best actress race of this past uh, year. That was, um, that was a trip, and I hope we never go on a, a similar trip again. I mean, I actually wish we have more of those unpredictable races, but not in the level of toxicity that we have found. Yeah especially in some contenders that I actually love. So it's sad because I mostly love all of the nominees from last season. Yes. And for people to start pitting them always against one another to the point of like taking you down. And yeah, it takes away from the joy of just watching the beautiful work that whether in film or television is being produced. And um, got to talk to the right people and avoid the wrong ones. I usually just <laughs> block people who... Um, That's smart. Who hate going close. I'm just kidding. No. All right. So... I get it. So, <clears throat> yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, The Square. Um, 2017. Um, per- again, perfect year in so many ways. Um, yeah. This... Um, uh, this year, I think, is an important year for both of us, you know, as fans of The Handmaid's Tale, just yeah. where the season season one premiered, um, did well at the Emmys, better times. Um, yeah. So, uh, The Square. Uh, we're both fans of Elizabeth, this person named Elizabeth Moss, I don't know her. Um, and She's this unknown actress. Unknown actress who just, like, works yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. But... I am curious because this, in her career in TV and in film, this feels like a very different project. And I wasn't sure. I mean, I think, you know, we're both, um, we're, I have a feeling we're both going to be on the same page with Lizzie, as we call yeah. her. But with the film itself, I want to I wanna hear your thoughts. I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm just going to let you go. What do you think of The Square? Oh, God. So I told you this off the record um, before we started recording that my thoughts are all over, all over the place because this was actually my first time watching this film. Um, I didn't watch it uh, in 2017 or before the Oscars in 2018. So this was my first time watching it. I didn't know anything about the movie going in. I didn't uh, expect anything from it. Um, I just saw that it was two and a half hours and I'm usually... Uh, not the biggest fan of our, uh, movies that are longer than two hours, um, but this was quite the trip. Um, I have so many different thoughts. It's one of those movies where I feel like multiple rewatches are necessary to really absorb everything that uh, was put onto the screen. What I will say is that, is that it's a movie that has to, you have to allow it to unfold in front of you. As I said, I didn't expect anything from it, and I think that was a good thing because if you know a bit about the director, you already mentioned him, um, that he loves to do these types of movies where not everything is necessarily scripted and not ne- not everything is necessarily planned out. You already mentioned Lizzie Moss. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, watched interviews with her, but she was very panicked when she got this part and when she realized what the process would be like, which was 
they would come, she wouldn't get her lines necessarily for the scene she would have to do the next day. And she would have to do a lot of improv, which, you know, was very scary for actors. And um, I don't know if you know this either, but they spent, they would spend the first half of the day just practicing a scene, just doing a scene multiple times. And then they would actually only use footage from the second half of the day of filming. And I think all of that experimental filmmaking really shows in this movie, because I think the plot, I don't want to say all over the place because that's, that's has a negative connotation, but I do think it is all over the place. I think it explores many different themes and I'm, I won't lie. I'm still not quite sure whether they all click, but I think if you go along for the ride and you're ready to go along for the ride, I think you will absolutely love this film. I think there is definitely some social commentary there that we will probably dig into. Undoubtedly so, um, which I found incredibly fascinating. Again, that's something that you don't necessarily know uh, if you're going in uh, the square. I mean, what do you think of the title when you first see it? Um, but by the end, I was very much taken by it. Though I'm curious to see what you think of it, because as you can see, my thoughts are all over the place. I'm, I don't want to get into too much uh, because I'm sure we'll get into direction and the acting and cinematography and everything. I though I would say the movie was hitting on all cylinders. We watched a same interview, didn't we? Probably. Yeah. The, the Gillian Anderson actors yeah. on actress, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. Everything that has like Elizabeth Moss or like The Handmaid's Children, I was devouring all those videos, like Absolutely. podcast interviews and articles. Um, yeah. Um, I think I just saw this for the 2017 episode, which was last year, and um, thing is, I don't think much has changed with how okay. I felt about it. Um, this is just like so basic, but I liked it, and it's wild because it. I have to look at my notes because I'm also lost. Um, oh, it. I get it. <laughs> it is. Something that I'm like the film has a lot of elements there in terms of like themes and like where the story is going, yes. and like I said, I'm not sure if everything's clicking, exactly. but I'm also not sure if I could actually call those as like points of improvement. I don't think they're weaknesses. It's just how it is, how the film is. And um, and it is so decidedly paced and how it chooses to focus and not focus on things that I think those are the kind of films that inspire confidence in me when I'm watching is that even if I'm not sure where this is going or I'm not sure if I like this, I mean, I'm still not sure if I... I still think I'm in the like place, but you know that the the storytelling is so decided. Um, like it's almost hard to impeach, even though you know there would be people who would have criticisms with it. It's like I'm not sure if the things. I'm not even sure what I'm clicking with or not with this film. Yeah, I completely understand that because. 
I mean, maybe we should talk about uh, the square itself, uh, the show, uh, the the movie's title, where you know, in the movie, they say it's a sanctuary of trust and caring, and they say that uh, within this square, uh, everyone shares the um, the same rights and obligations. So we have this theme already uh, going in or at the back of our head, and this is it's hard for me to describe. I don't know if the movie really succeeds in presenting that theme throughout. I don't know if you know some of the backstory on, on how they got to this square, um, uh, Ruben Asplund. Um, this, they actually did this uh, in 2000, and, uh, I'm not sure if it's 2014 or 15, I think it's 2014. They actually painted a square outside of a museum in, in Sweden as sort of a social experiment. And what practically happened is that, um, you know, they were the ones to do it, him and his producer. And at one point it wasn't theirs anymore. At one point it just became public property. It became property of everyone living in the, in the town and people started gathering there. And um, as I said, it was no longer their property. And what happened to it or what people did to it or to the people in it was their own responsibility practically. And I think, um, so if they harmed it or the people in it, that was their fault or that was their responsibility. If they were respectful to it, or if they treated this square well, then that was also their responsibility. And I think that's an interesting theme to explore. I don't know if I left the movie thinking that, or thinking that that was what the movie was trying to say. I did research afterwards because I needed some context. I, I don't think it's something that immediately clicks with you right after watching it, but I don't know how you feel about that. I had to research too. Um, yeah. that doesn't always happen with films and this podcast, but this one I did. Um, yeah, I think the concept of trust, we see it in key points, which makes sense. And thematically, it is united or there is this uh, thread that connects those scenes together. Because um, as I've read how um, the, the, the director described it, there are a lot of like standalone scenes here, which makes, I cannot say that it's a strong character study per se, because I think no. um, character studies require like strong continuity in story so that you really get to follow um, their behavior or more, their psyche with this one. I'm not even sure we're fully um, following Christian as a character, there is still a certain detachment there. But I think we function more as a spectator and we see how trust works in um, those key points in, in various ways. But there are also tangents that this film takes that doesn't always glue. But like I said, since we are... Um, being subjected into discomfort because I think there are a lot, a lot of points in this film where either we stay for too long, or the yes. cameras too like um, <clears throat> we see a lot of plateaus where we just stand back and we don't really uh, we're not really given who and where to focus on, um, so we are allowed to be spectators or like to sit in discomfort and. Um, yeah, it being all over the place thematically, I mean, in straying from the concept of trust. Yeah, it's something that I could just like point to as like a, 
uh, weakness of the film, but I said the curveballs also make sense given how the film can... I think the film was established that kind of um, <clears throat> focusing on something as if everything is an artwork or something to be focused on. I mean, even human beings or just like observing human behavior. Um, yes. So, again, um, the parts, I think the best parts of the film are where it glues to the concept of the square or at least glues into a bigger concept. Um, but this is the kind of film where I also don't mind if it doesn't. Um, and obviously, my thoughts are also not gluing because <laughs> there is just a lot that the film tries to cover. It doesn't always succeed, but at the same time, once they reach the end, I'm not, I am kind of indifferent in the sense that I found the film easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But I also find sometimes that I'm losing the point when I was watching it. Absolutely. But I'm still entertained. So, very confused on how I actually think of The Square. And my... No. This is one of those films where, like, I'm, I I would refuse to write a re- review about it because, like, oh, I just yes. couldn't yeah. pinpoint um, where I stand on its choices. I completely agree. I, I could definitely, I never in a million years could I write a review for this movie for those exact reasons because I still don't understand 100% what it's trying to get at. I, I, there are different directions and I understand where they're going or where they're trying to go. But I, as you said, I'm not sure if all the pieces really come together uh, at the very end of the film. And what you said about character studies is interesting because that, it doesn't, it's not, in, I'm not sure it's intended to be a character study. Yeah. Um, which is one thing. And I always try to go after I watch a movie, I always try to figure out, am I judging it fairly? Um, I shouldn't judge a movie that is not, th- that doesn't want to be a character study. I shouldn't be judging it as a character study. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, as you said, this is most likely not intended to be a character study. I believe Oslun said that what he likes to explore in his films is how humans re- react to crisis. And that's practically what we see in this film. We see different situations where he, they have to react to these weird circumstances. And I think that's ultimately what part of it is about. However, it is difficult to be immersed into a film when you feel so detached or disconnected from the characters. Um, and that's something I did. That's a problem I had with this movie. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a problem, but it is something where um, during these scenes where we spent, as you said, there are some scenes we spend a long time on certain situations or on certain scenes. And if you don't, if you're not entirely invested in the characters, sometimes those scenes don't work, if you know what I mean. And um, I find this with a lot of, you know, I live in Europe. Um, yeah. And this movie feels ultra European. Um, there is mm-hmm. that. There is Let's that. expound. Yeah, there is there. There is that. I don't want to say it's cold, but part of it is. I do find that part of the movie is very cold. It's very, mm-hmm. again, we're very detached from, from these characters. They, the movie doesn't necessarily try to build a relationship between viewer and character. Um, and it just felt incredibly European in its style. It's very, it's not ost- uh, ostentatiously showy. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's very controlled. The camera, the way it moves. 
is very controlled. There is, I don't think there's any handheld, right? I didn't, I don't think. No. 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 I, yeah, there is. Is there, I, I'm trying to remember. Sexy. Right, right, right. And that's the only one. I would that's remember. The only, <laughs> and that's the only one. And that's the only one. Yeah. But, but otherwise it's incredibly hand, it's, it's not handheld. And I think that adds to that, you know, static nature of the film, obviously. Um, the score is also very particular. Again, it's not overused. Um, not to go on a tangent here, it's just, I don't know if you've seen The White Lotus, but there was a sound, a reoccurring sound in the movie that sounded 100% like that in The White Lotus, which I found very interesting. I will um, probably watch it next year to prepare oh, for the Emmys. <laughs> you should. It's, it's, it's a great show. It's a great show. Um, that's nothing important. It's just something I instantly realized. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, a, it's an incredibly fascinating film and there's so much to um, unpack. It's also, it's also comedic, we should mention. Um, there yeah. is that scene where um, Elizabeth Moss's character, Anne, where she's um, um, confronting uh, Christian or Christian, however we want to pronounce it, at uh, the museum. And we have this loud noise in the background that keeps interrupting them. And then we have these weird chairs in the background, this chair formation, um, where she's practically confronting him and telling him, or she wants him to admit that they had sex. Um, and I don't know, I felt the scene play, it was incredibly funny because of these weird background noises and because they kept getting distracted. And that, you know, again, that's, I thought it was entertaining but again, do I understand the point of, of that scene necessarily or why they had those background noises? Not really. And that's how I feel about a lot of scenes in this movie is that I respect the achievement and I think it is incredibly fascinating, but I do not, I could not write a cliff notes on this film and tell you what each scene means. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... I just have a bullshit thought that I had while you were discussing, so um, don't gobble it up. It's just like it, you know. I think, I think it, the film almost feels like a museum. Is mm -hmm. that there are several mm -hmm. pieces, they're curated. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are different pieces of the narrative. Absolutely, it doesn't always work. Um, like as one whole when you're trying to uh, to make um, a coherent like a, an obviously an obvious thread but it also feels that it makes sense mm -hmm. so you know what I mean Never absolutely no, absolutely <laughs> no I think no I think that's incredibly that's a great analogy um, absolutely it is like a museum you have different artworks and they are all in the same, you know, building, but they don't necessarily, you know, it's, it's an art piece. This is 100% yeah. an art piece. 100%. There's no doubt. This is an art film. And, um, yeah, there's, uh, what did you think of the theme of, um, Robert or, or theft in general? That is something that is explored in this film. And I ultimately, I didn't, quite know what to make of it uh, with the whole storyline with the child and um i thought all of that was very i again i thought it was very fascinating but by the end of the film again yeah um i almost would 
publish the video version of this podcast. I just want people to see me just clueless <laughs> the most time discussing it. Um, the thing with the theft is that it. I think it's a sub-thread of the trust right. aspect of it. Since the theft at the beginning... The theft happened because of trust. Yes. He was trying to help the woman. Christian. Christian. Christian's yeah. a European way of saying it, right? Christian. Yeah. Christian. Okay. <laughs> so Christian was trying to help the woman. The woman stole her cell phone. And then um, employee suggested threatening people. They went there. And then before they do it, trust issue again. Because like, you should do it. No, I'm the boss. No, I, I just suggested it. And then after that, I think the... Hmm, it's a sequitur that the film takes to... Just like wrap it again in trust. Um, I cannot. I'm not sure how to work, because you know the square, the square, the artworks, the square is mentioning something about trust and care. The that the the storyline with the theft also deals with trust, but it's kind of like in a different in a different way. And again, I don't think they're always um, like a, a perfect puzzle piece. But I think I wanna I wanna go back a bit to what you said about this being uh, ultra European. Your word, not mine. So I'm not racist. <laughs> uh, the thing yeah. with um, I think we're when we are because I think you know in the whole world we are used to watching um, American films where the filmmaking is really about us obviously as it can or maybe not is about making sure that the audience is on board that's why most american films follow a very specific three act structure or five acts or a structure yeah so that they would know that the audience is on board um in terms of filmmaking wide medium close because if you jump uh, if you just jump um you'll lost you lose your audience um you have to set up um, in terms of writing, in terms of location, because you lose your audience. It's uh, uh, the, the, the way we watch films, mostly, even in the most um, auteur-driven of produced in Hollywood, within the system of Hollywood, is about making sure that the audience is with the film. We cannot lose them. In my observation, again, you're ultra-European. European films aren't always that case. They, mm-hmm. when I in a, I think a flawed analogy. If American films are trying to lure the audiences in, um, uh, European films let the film unfold, absolutely, so that you would come in. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, a question that I might ask, not not, not specifically to you, but um, to the universe, I guess, is that. All right, not everything is clicking. Not everything is gelling. Does the filmmaker even care about making sure that everything makes sense for us when we discuss it? We're both in full agreement that this is what his point. I don't think so. And I I admire that. I admire when the filmmaker is decided on like this is how I'm gonna this is my story this is how I'm gonna tell it and fuck it you 
you put the puzzle pieces together and with this film works as something that you have to okay but also again, again flawed analogy is that i think the film doesn't always pose itself I, I, i think the museum analogy works better because the puzzle piece it the analogy would mean that the film is presenting you pieces and you put them together the film isn't showing us things to put together it's just like have a ride experiencing exactly. experience it what do you feel about it i'm not gonna dictate to you that Hey, what's up? Thank you for listening to this preview of this bonus episode. If you want to hear more, please head to patreon.com slash the one inch barrier for only $4 a month. Not only do you have full access to bonus episodes, but you also get early access to regular episodes. Again, thank you so much. And together, let's break the one inch barrier. Yeah, yeah.